Lord, oh Father, we thank you because you fight for us. We thank you because we got the victory. For victory belongs to Jesus. And so, Lord, now we turn this service over to you today. In the name of Jesus, have your way in the midst of this service. We invoke your presence. Heal what needs healing. Deliver what needs deliverance. But whatever you do, stop by this address in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for victory. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for overcoming. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your blood. We thank you, Lord. We apply the blood today for what can wash away my sins. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That blood that gives me strength from day to day it shall never lose its power because it gave me the victory this is our prayer in Jesus name amen come on keep the praise in the house can we praise them just for one minute hallelujah 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 somebody ought to be thanking them right now somebody ought to say God I'm you. Oh, 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 you've been better to me than I've been to my own self. Somebody had a praise them. Oh, yeah. Come on, I need you to put your hands on it right here. If you know he's a rock, I need everybody to put your hands on it.
testify to it. Tell a neighbor. First giving honor to God, who's the head of my life. Bishop, members, and friends. Tell them there's no way in the world I can make it without God. Come on, if you believe that, open your mouth and give him a shout of praise.
want you to go with me very quickly to the word of God, Philippians chapter 4. Let's go to Philippi. Chapter 4. Um, if this was Bible study, I would do verse by verse. But for the sake of Sunday morning time, I want to start reading. Uh, if the people in the sound and media would help me, I believe I'm going to read at verse 15 and to verse 23. If you have it, will you stand with me for the reading of God's word? Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire gift, but I desire fruit that I may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Ephroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. All of God's people said, Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints salute you, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And all of God's people said, Amen. For the last time, I want to go back to verse 22. It's where I lift my thought from today. It says, all the saints salute you, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. Share this message topic with somebody and then be seated. Tell them, chained for purpose. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Chained to, chained to purpose. Uh, Ed Helms plays uh, Andy Bernard and uh, don't judge me for this but in one of my favorite pastime comedies The Office <laughs> Andy says this I wish there was a way to know that you're in the good old days before you've actually left them mm. because the past always looks better you know how we always say, oh, if back in the day, right? There are reasons for this. Hindsight is, is always 2020. The downer of our present is that it's encompassed by our frustrations and our fears. We have these because we are in a season that we don't know and a future that's unsure. But when we look into the past, we're looking at completed sentences. We know how it plays out. We crave certainty. I just want you to know, I don't feel safe because I don't have certainty. This is what makes us go back to things that don't work. Systems that are outdated. Relationships that we've outgrown because we are junkies trying to reclaim what we felt the first time. And so then, I watch us even in the church. We are enamored with nostalgia 
concerning the old church. We remember those days of church conventions, three o'clock fellowship services, young people's jubilee and crusades. I'm going to find out what church denomination y'all came out. Y-P-A-A, Y-P-H-A, Y-P-W-W. Associations, Baptist unions, Sunday school conventions, hats and lap scarves, church buses, hot dogs in the basement, a chicken leg and a slice of bread in a saran wrap bag washed down with a cold off-brand soda flavor called grape. I hear you, church babies. Prophetess Callaway and had, uh, we had this conversation and some of you uh, have had these experiences. So I need you to look at your neighbor and tell them you can't enter in, you tell them you can't imitate a style and produce its power. Yes. The church has always had power. When people say we want to go back to the old time way, my question is, which age? Exactly my question, and I'm not political. I believe prophets must be politically homeless. But when people say make America great again, I always ask them which year. Because if we fall in the wrong year, it's not going to be advantageous for me. Let us go back to the old time way. Which age are you referring to? Are you talking about the days where we packed out arenas and convention centers to be a part of praise power? With Bishop Weeks or Azusa with Carlton Pearson or Bishop Jake's Woman Thou Are Loose. Or the 1960s and the 70s when Catherine Kuhlman would pack out arenas with massive healings taking place. Or are you talking about the 30s when Smith Wigglesworth was raising people from the dead by knocking them up against walls, smacking tumors out of people's belly? Or are you saying, let's go back? Are you talking about Azusa Revival, 1906, in the cradle of the modern-day Pentecostal movement, where people from all over the world received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, experiencing glossolia, the speaking of tongues? Let's go back. You've got to be talking about AD 33. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all in one place with one accord and suddenly there came a sound from heaven I don't want to bore y'all with this but hear me duplicating their sound imitating their styles will not give us their power all of those movements were powerful and all of them had different elements but there were a few things that are consistent that we have legal permission to copyright and imitate and that will give us a modern day move of God. Because this is what I believe. I believe that we're still yet in the greatest season of the church. Now if we don't believe that. What are we ordaining y'all for? I believe God is still yet working. Anybody over here believe? Sometimes we're losing a PR and a public relations battle. But how many of y'all know God is still healing? God is still saving. God is still still feeling I need to hear the sound of the bride 
that says people are still being delivered all over the world. We are part of the greatest thing going. Come on, I need to hear. I need to hear the sound of the saints that believe that God has postured us. Come on, Esther. Come on in the room if you believe that God has brought us into the kingdom for such a time as this. Such a time as this. There are a few things that are necessary. Because when we say we want to go back, there's some things that, trust me, you don't want to go back to. You, you don't want that because some, some of us, we look, at, we look at the style, but we don't know the style was connected to some challenges and restrictions that you're not willing to give up. But something that is necessary is prayer. God does nothing great in the earth outside of prayer. And we got that. We're doing prayer. We, do, we got prayer calls, prayer conferences, prayer shawls. Oh, yes, we got it. prayer. Unrestrained praise and worship is necessary. And we do that. We got praise breaks, praise throughs, praise overs. We do, we do praise. Worship is at an all-time high of cultural fusion where people are singing and they're singing our songs and we're singing their songs. Giving, no matter what people say on social media, the church of Jesus Christ is still giving. Uh, people throw shade at millennials, but we are givers. I want to know, do I got any tithers in here? You... Look at that, look at that. <laughs> you know why I tie? It works, it works. It, I said it works. Come on, tithers, don't you hide in the corner. I say it works. Mm. We are givers. We are strong givers and we're charitable. Even out doing FEMA in some of the natural disasters. But one last element that I feel like we've had a struggle with accepting. The generations and movements behind us had a revelation of. It's not, it's not praise and worship because I feel like we do it on another scale. I was growing up in church. If you had a bass guitar player and a drummer, you were good. Now we got to have all the pieces or it ain't right. We had testimony service. It won't no sound check. You, if you had to use a transposer, you was out of here. You won't. You had to catch up with the saints. It won't no track to get you to dance. We started dancing first, and the music had to catch up with us. Yeah. But as one element, I believe that we're missing, and this is where I'll bring my message to my conclusion. I've preached here a thousand times. I ain't got nothing to prove to y'all. I just want to share with y'all. It's the element that we have the hardest challenge to accept. And that is every genuine move of God has been produced out of the incubator of suffering. This won't be your favorite message. I want you to hear me. And this has been the barrier between most of us and our yes to God. I know you're calling me. But what is it going to cost me? Because if you walk with God more than 90 days, you kind of know how this goes. Every yes comes with a price. 
Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, I paid for this anointing. And tell them I'm still making payments. People are jealous of you. And they don't know the price you paid. Come on in here. Come on. Come on. I'm not worried about haters. There's stuff that I got to deal with in the spiritual realm that has almost have the ability to push me over the edge. Not just external conflict, but I even got internal conflict that makes me wonder, am I really called for this? There's some people want your place, but they don't want to pay your price. I don't mind marriage. I don't mind friendships. I just don't want to get hurt again. I don't mind serving. I just don't want to be used. I don't mind operating in faith. I just don't want to be embarrassed again or be disappointed. I don't mind being anointed. I just wish I could do it and remain anonymous. (laughs) Because I don't want to suffer come on let's just have a safe room in here real quick tell them i don't want to suffer i don't i don't want to i love god but i don't want to suffer i don't mind serving i just don't want to suffer and before you judge my rhetoric right now you don't know what i've already suffered many of us we're dealing with ptsd even in our worship yes lord i mean i surrender i think i come on all of us in this room are dealing with things on the inside that's between us and our yes and that's the question is what is it going to cost me we were we were going um we were going to uh into our new church the, the church that was prophesied you have to realize 15 years ago I was sitting in Red Lobster <laughs> and and our little storefront church and we had had it we went to Red Lobster men Kelly Galloway the young lady who's now over ramp global missions all over the world y'all know some of y'all going to Guatemala with us in, in July and um, she she sat with me I thought we were just having lunch and she pulled out a legal pad she says the preacher that came said, I got to write down your vision. So I need your vision and you've been dodging me. <laughs> she said, I need your vision. It was prophetess Alicia Patterson. And I said, all right, all right. I says, we're going we're gonna to have uh, uh, transitional homes for people who've been abused. I said, we're going to have schools for K through 12. I said, we're going to have mission bases all over the world. I said, we're going to have a 24-hour radio station. I'm just telling her all this to get off my back. I'm just being honest. I didn't go in no trance. The Holy Ghost didn't tell me nothing, you know. And I said, we're going to have a sanctuary, an eight-sided octagon sanctuary that seats thousands for worship. And she said to me, she said, why an octagon? I said, eight sides, and eight is the number of new beginnings. And so uh, the first girl in our church got married, because don't forget, all of us were college students. And when the first girl got married, she graduated from North Carolina A&T State University in architecture. And when I married her all to an AME pastor, her and her husband says, Bishop, uh, pastor at the time, we want to give you this gift. This is a picture and a design of your church vision. And so for 15 years... I put that picture on the wall of every building we went in. 
It was outside of the prayer room. So every church building we had, we had a prayer room. So anytime someone went in the room to pray, they would have to touch that vision before they walked in. Over two years ago now, something I thought maybe I would never see, and my son or those in my legacy would fulfill, we went into that church. A vision. Vision. And and we were marching from the old church to the new church, walking up the hill, and we had a band playing, trombones and tubas and drums. We were coming through the neighborhood, and we began to climb the mountain. Hope I'm not boring y'all with this story. Just hear my heart all right. We were climbing the mountain, coming up there, and, and the girls had their flags and banners, and they were swinging. And all of a sudden, I began to cry. I began to, I began to, all right, I don't know what I'm doing here. I began to cry. And when I began to cry, the people began to cry. But our tears were different. They were crying because of what God had done. I was crying because I was wondering, what is this going to cost me? And some of you sitting on this front row, you love God, but there's something in the underbelly and undercurrent of your spirit has been saying, God, I want to do this, but what is it going to cost me? I want to say yes to you, but I'm wondering because uh, I'm still trying to recover from the last season of storms. Some of you have been visiting this church and you haven't joined this church because she says, as long as I stay on the peripheral, I'll be safe. But I don't want them to know that I'm a worship leader. I don't want them to know that I got a calling. I don't want them to know I got a gift because the last time I exposed myself to a church, the last time I exposed myself to somebody, I got wounded. Now I'll, now I'll come to church late and I'll leave early. And when people try to connect with me, I'll go, I'll walk fast and say, oh, God bless you. Uh, it's a, tell your neighbor it's not your fault. Y'all be seated. Why? Because we were birthed in a hedonistic culture. A pleasure-seeking, self-love self-centered and ultimately a selfish culture and it has produced a church culture that wants to view God as a pimp and a fix uh oh you know no you don't want to be delivered just give me a fix let me tell you something I just don't believe it's God's desire for us to come in here and shout every Sunday and then fall over into depression Sunday night. I just don't believe. I don't believe we got to be saved and crazy. Come on, somebody. I don't believe some, something got to shift that you ain't got to be lifted up and encouraged and built up every from Sunday to Sunday. One Sunday we say praise the Lord. The next Sunday we got to say loose here devil. At some point, there's some stability that got to be brought to your life. At some point, it's, it's produced a church culture. Any element of suffering is our sign to move, to break up, to get a divorce, to transition, to resign, to walk away, to cut people off. 
You're so ready to cut people off, you're already making Facebook statuses about it. After a while, you're going to get a revelation. Maybe it's your flesh that need to be cut off. You can't cut off everybody that's difficult. You can't cut off every relationship that's complicated because somebody got to be called to it. See, I'm just cutting people off. If you ain't going where I'm going. It has created a theology that teaches us that if it hurts, it can't be from God. And the word of faith, word of faith movement did that to us. We got so much from the word of faith movement that decree it and declare it. We got that from the word of faith movement. And and I'm thankful for it. Uh, The word of faith movement really pushed on us about providing faith. And God releases to us substance, right? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It gave us a lot. It told us we ain't got to holler and we ain't got to be loud to be impactful. You know, word of faith. It gave us microphones to come around here like this and we ain't got to hold it. I still need a microphone in my hand. But, but something that the word of faith contaminated us with was the aspect that if you believe hard enough, you won't have to suffer. They almost, I know this is would be Wednesday night, but hear what I'm saying to y'all. It almost taught us that if you give God faith, he'll give you what you want. And that the whole point of your faith is for to, to manipulate God into making your dreams come true. And because of that teaching, it has caused a whole generation of people to be consistently disappointed. Because I thought if I shout hard enough, he's going to give me what I want. I felt like if I be consistent enough, he's going to make my dreams come true. But let me tell you something. God is more committed to his glory than he is your comfort. Uh Uh-oh, I didn't lost the whole church right there. The point of your faith is not for God to give you what you want. The point of your faith is for God to sustain you in what he wants. What happened to the Bible said, delight yourself, he'll give you the desires. Yeah, delight yourself in the Lord. Then he'll give you the desires of your heart. Because God knows if you delight yourself in him, some of your desires are going to change. God is not obligated to bring your words to pass. Come on, I want y'all to grow up in this thing because some people talk about I'm churched out. No, you're not churched out. It's hard to do God and still stay in singing. You need to come all the way in. I need you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I got faith for miracles. Tell your neighbor, I got faith for increase. And tell them, I got faith for holy living. Hallelujah. If God can heal cancer, he can keep you celibate. Ain't got no help in here. If God can raise the dead, he can conquer your secret habits. Scream at somebody, tell them, faith for all of that. Faith for suffering. Y'all be seated. I'm already past my time. And lift up your hands and say, faith for self-denial. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Somebody lift up the hammer of the Holy Ghost and break it right now. Hey! 
bait for self-denial. Because now we've created, we've shaped our theology, and we've determined what's right based upon how we feel. Tell your neighbor, that's dangerous. Because you can feel like killing somebody, but that don't make it right. And all these people talk about, I'm living my truth. Any truth outside of God's word is a lie. I don't care who on YouTube said it, and I don't care how smart they think they are. I don't care if it's your mama. I'm not, I don't want to hear common sense. I want to hear the word of God. I don't care if your parents did live together 15 years and never got married. I need you to scream at somebody tell them, that's not my lot. That's not my inheritance. I'm creating a holy inheritance. I said, I'll be creating a holy inheritance, a legacy of faith. My inheritance is among the sanctified. Hallelujah. Self-denial. Just because, y'all be seated, let me finish. Just because you struggle in that area. Hmm. And you prayed about it and it didn't change. It does not mean God didn't hear you. Because that's what some of you have said. Well, if God wanted me to change, when I prayed about it, it would have changed. Uh oh. If it's wrong, when I cried and I was genuinely repentful, he would have took it from me. But what happens that when you pray for deliverance and God leaves you in the very thing that you asked him to deliver you from? I want you to get a revelation. Some things you don't get delivered from. Some things you get delivered in. If God don't change your environment, he'll give you the power to make a decision. I wish I had a help here. I wish I every situation you can't escape. Every environment you can't run from. As a matter of fact, you don't know where you are in God until the options are still in front of you. Say, so y'all got that mighty cutoff. I want to see how you're going to react when he calls you this time. I want to see how you're going to react when it comes back to your doorstep. Because it seems like, y'all be honest with me, you had this conversation. It seems like God set Adam and Eve up for failure. Oh, look at y'all. Y'all, you didn't thought about it. You didn't say it. But you, you thought about it? Because why would you put me in a garden full of options knowing that I got the ability to choose wrong? And that's what some of you hear. Lord, you can't be calling me. Don't her elevation? The saints don't know I'm still struggling with some stuff from the past season. Don't you give me nothing heavier because I have the potential to drop simple things. Hallelujah. But somebody says, why would he give me options? Because options give you the opportunity to choose. If somebody choose you with no other options, the value of the choosing is not that high. Hallelujah. The mere fact I didn't do it is not because I don't know how to do it. The re- come on, come on, come on. Come on, some of you, the reason why you didn't cuss is not because you forgot how to cuss. Some of you, the reason why you didn't go back and answer the call is not because you didn't want to, but I need you to scream at somebody tell them, I love God too much. I love God too much 
self self-denial it's it's suffering just because there are days you felt life was more simpler when you were single don't mean you need to get a divorce I'm going to my end now I hope you suffer the the newspaper interviewer said to Duck oh I'm sorry y'all don't know who Duck is Duck is uh, he was the songwriter on the five heartbeats William night like this y'all don't come across he said sorry prophetess Callaway y'all don't watch movies said, said to Duck said Duck you're a good writer but you will become a better writer after you've suffered. <laughs> You're a good worship leader. Oh, you sound real good. Hallelujah. But when you start living out that song, hallelujah. Oh my God. Oh, I like how you put words together and preach. Uh, but the Paul says, after you have suffered a while. Hallelujah. Some of you have been looking to be established. But he says, after you've suffered a while, some of you, the greatest thing God has done for us is he, he's kept us from a certain place until we've suffered in the place we're in. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, after. No one, no one likes to suffer. Prescription painkillers and opiates here in the U.S. We make up 5% of the world's population. And we take up 80% of the world's prescription of opiate drugs. You know why? Because we don't want the situation to be solved. We just don't want to feel the pain. Many times we don't want to understand, we just want relief. We, we don't want to be healed, we just want to get past. Just want to get. Oh, listen, if you're a sinner and you come into church when I do like this, I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about some of the saints. That's why I want you to know there's hope for you. Huh? There's hope for you. Hallelujah. There's hope for you. Because some of us got to take something to get up. We got to take something to operate. We got to take something to lay down. Says, Bishop, Bishop, please don't judge me. But I just. I need it because I just need my heart to stop beating fast. I need it. Because I lay down my body, but my mind keeps running. I need it. But could it be the very thing you're trying to escape from? It's the very thing God wants to use to anoint you. I need you to look at your neighbor screaming and tell him, go through it. I know it's painful. I know it's painful, but go through it. If somebody's near you, put your hand on their shoulder. Tell them, I know it doesn't feel good, but go through it. Because there's something in this. There's something in the wine press. There's something in the olive garden. There's something in the threshing floor. Go through it. Go through it. Jesus says, I must need go through Samaria. And you haven't been called by God until you've been inconvenienced by God. And you're suffering. 
is your prerequisite for your ordination. Your sovereign. Don't tell me what school you went through, went to, because I'm not impressed. Don't tell me who your bishop is, because that don't move me. Tell me what you suffered through. Tell me how many things you had to give up. Tell me how much hurt you endured and still yet stood. And says, though you slayed me, yet will I trust you. Because you ain't worth it to carry this collar. Preach this gospel. Sing these songs until you've been disappointed by the one that called you. Oh, was that too much for y'all? No, no, I know. I rebuke you, devil. Get behind me, Satan. All of that. I get it. I'm Pentecostal apostolic. I can go up in the high place. But what happens when the very when you find out that the one behind the curtain and it pleased the Lord to bruise him? It. What happens? When the very person that's been making it hard for you is the one that sent you to do it. I know, I know, I know it sounds like a contradiction, but God will call you to do something and then make it hard for you to do it. Oh, okay, some of y'all said this is new age teaching. No, 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 this is Exodus. Moses, go to Egypt. Come on, y'all help me. And tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And while Moses is on his way to obey God, the same God that sent him goes to Pharaoh and hardens his heart. Tell your neighbor, he made it hard for me. He could have brought me an easier way. He could have took, he could have brought me here closer, but it was necessary that I suffer. Hey, hey, so I'm trying to figure this out. I'm trying to figure this out because I don't, I don't, some of us ended up in sin, not because we were looking for sin. We were looking for relief. Can we just have a real, can can we just have a real conversation? Just don't want to hurt no more. And even though this moment of fornication has no hope of anything long lasting in this moment I don't have to feel and how many people have messed up something permanent trying to leave themselves a pain temporarily how many ministries have been damaged because we were told that if you turn around three times it's going to be over we were told just walk around the wall seven let me tell you something there's some walls you're going to walk around and after you I just want to be honest with you you're going to walk around and they're going to still be looking at you so every year every year when I go to our holy consecration of seven days y'all be seated up I won't preach traditionally like I would, but this is what the Lord wants you to hear. Every year, we go into this time of consecration. And uh, for seven days fasting, I don't leave the church. I stay there. And the first day, I lament. I cry. Play something soft so I can go out of here. I cry. I wail. 
I travail. And I heard somebody having a discussion one day. They said, oh my goodness. It's something about our, our bishop. He's a prophet. He's a prophet to the nations. I went by the sanctuary and I heard him wailing. He's wailing for the nations. He's crying for the people. They heard my sound, but they mislabeled it. I won't cry because of my sin because I can't afford to wait to October of every year to repent of my sin I repent quickly I repent daily I travail for the nations all the time I do but during that week of consecration I'm not willing for the nations that first day I'm not you know what that first day I'm doing I'm lamenting what I had to give up. I'm, I'm lamenting for what God required of me. Because just like you, I had my own plans. I had my own ideas. I had my own dreams. And I was minding my own business. But I stood still long enough that a, and noticed that a bush was on fire and it wasn't being consumed. And you haven't been called by him until you've been inconvenienced by him. And he called me to a people to serve a people that I had to love even if they didn't love me. And I had to serve them whether they served me. And I had to feed them as though they would be with me for a lifetime, knowing that some of them would leave the next week. I had to lament. I had to lament the relationship that I wanted, but he asked me for it. Hold on. Yeah. God will give you something and then require it from you. Abraham Abraham bring me your son the one that you prayed for the one that I gave you the one I let you enjoy now bring him to me and you know what Abraham said servants y'all stay here for me and my son are going there to worship we thought the song was worship the song is not worship the song is just an expression of worship we thought the dancing was worship. That's not worship. That's just an expression. Because it's possible to sing I surrender all when you really surrender some. It's possible to sing I give myself away while you hold on to yourself. I need you to tell somebody it's not worship until it costs you something. It's not worship until you have to worship him broken. It ain't worship. Until you say, God, I don't understand why you're doing this. It's killing me, but you're worthy of it. Hey. It's not worship. I read that scripture, Prophetess Callaway, and I heard we always read it, Old Testament scripture at funerals. And it says, how beautiful in the eyes of the Lord are the death of his saints. Look at somebody and tell them if it's killing you, that means it's beautiful. Hallelujah. That means you're giving God something worthy. Hallelujah.
hallelujah. You know how we say, God, you're worthy of my hallelujah. No, no, hallelujah don't cost you nothing, but he's worthy of your decision. I need to know, is there anybody here like me that you're willing to make a fresh decision to lay down your life, to lay down your ambitions, to lay down your desires for something that's bigger than you? Something that's bigger. For something that's bigger than you. Because somewhere suffering. Paul's like got a revelation. He says, I glory in my afflictions. Because some kind of way the suffering brings me closer to you. I need, I need the 50 of you in here that just went through a rough season of your life but you count God worthy of everything you had to walk away from. I need to hear that sound. Just you. I need, I need you. I need you to know what it is to worship with tears coming down your eyes. I know. I need to hear the sound of you that where you are right now looks like, looks nothing like what God promised you, but you still trust him. You still love him. You still want him. You still desire him. Come on, come on, let it come up out of your belly. Let a sound come up out of your spirit. Oh! Oh, my mommy. Hallelujah. Come here, Brother William Sheely. Will you come? Just put your arm and just clutch. Hold Somebody lift your hands. This is a holy moment. I feel God. We know this Philippians chapter. We know it. We know this chapter, right? Because Philippians chapter 4 verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. He says, be careful for nothing. And everything with prayer and what? Y'all know this, right? You know Philippians chapter 4. Verse 7 says, And the peace of God which passeth all. You know this. Verse 8, finally, my brother, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, any virtue, any praise, think on. You, you know it. You know it. Not that I res- speak in respect of want, but I've learned in whatsoever state I am to be what? All right. Okay, then some of y'all didn't know some of them, but you know this one. Verse 13, I can do. All right, you know that. And do you know verse 19? If you ever find yourself in a tight spot, but my God shall supply this. That's not the scripture I'm preaching from today. I'm preaching from verse 22. Paul says, all the saints say praise the Lord to you, especially those of Caesar's household. Now you have to realize, Paul is ministering in a time where Christianity is illegal. And the Caesar of his day is named Nero. 
And Nero is hanging up Christians by poles and setting them on fire at night to illuminate his palace. He's putting them in oil and boiling them for sport. He's putting them in arenas to be devoured by beasts for entertainment. Caesar Nero. But Paul says, I bring you greetings from the saints here in Rome, especially them in Nero's household. How are there Christians in the household of Nero? I'll end with this. Because there was an elite guard in Rome called the Praetorian Guard. And these guards were in charge of protecting Nero's household and guarding Nero's enemies. So the same guards that were chained to Paul were the same guards that were guarding Nero's household. And so while Paul is writing and says, I'll let nothing separate me from the love of God. Why Paul is writing, for we know all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. Why Paul is writing, faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I come to tell somebody, you've been chained up but you've been chained up to purpose. You ain't going through just to go through. You're not suffering just to suffer. You're suffering for something bigger than you. You're suffering for the cause of Christ. Somebody open up your mouth all over this house. Hey! Come on, come on, come on. There's a purpose. Oh! It's a purpose. It's a purpose. It's a purpose. It's a purpose. I know you want to live your best life. And you will. And you will. But I hope you suffer. Because until you suffer, you'll never unpack because your your purpose is revealed in the pain I need you to touch somebody not their hand touch their shoulder and tell them you're getting ready to find out why the last season was so hard there's a harvest connected to this there's souls connected to this more than a check in the mail more than a new house and a new car you got family members that are getting ready to be saved. And you have to go through it. It didn't feel good to you, but you have to go through it. It was necessary. You felt chained up. You felt claustrophobic. You felt stuck. You felt bound. But you won't change just to be chained. You were chained to a purpose. And we know. And we know. All things work together.
for the good of them that love God and them who are the code according to Come on on that balcony. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the angel of the Lord in this room. I'm going to do this because I can't get around this room and lay hands on everybody. So will you touch somebody on the shoulder, if you will, if you feel comfortable. What I'm going to ask for the saints is that God will give you a second wind. I'm not asking God to bring you out of it until it's time. But I'm asking for God to release a wind to get up under you. Everybody in this room, I want you to be an instrument. When I count to three, I want you to release the sound of the shofar. And the shofar, it's not something you're going to play. You're going to be the shofar. God is going to blow through you. And someone who's been on the brink in consideration of walking away from their assignment, someone who's been second-guessing their position in God because of their present suffering, while you're touching them, strength is coming to their strength. While you're touching them, faith is coming to their faith. While you're touching them, hello, that's a second. When I count to three, I want you to shout like somebody's life depends on it. I need you to shout for the Paul that's been shipwrecked and beat. I want you to shout for the mother that's saying, if one more thing happens, I'm going to break. I want you to shout for the spiritual leader and the elder and the minister who thinks the assignment is too big for them. I want you to get ready to blow the sound of the shofar because the sound of the shofar means we're being released into a new season. We're being released with a new understanding. We're being released to a revelation. And God has given you everything you need. While you feel that hand on your shoulder, I want you to know God is releasing to you everything you need for the season you're in. Get ready. One, two, three. Do it.
in the name of Jesus. We thank you that you're turning our morning into dancing. We thank you that you are giving us a fresh anointing. We thank you that you're releasing unto us a new level of glory, a new level of revelation, a new level of understanding. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, in the name of Jesus, we come against discouragement. In the name of Jesus, we come against every spirit that want us to draw back, that want us to pull back, that want us to change our mind. And we grab a hold through the horns of the altar. And today in your presence, we say yes. I said we say yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes to your will. Yes, Lord. Yes to your way. Yes, Lord. Yes to your agenda. Yes to your purpose. We lay it down. We lay down our will. We lay it down. We lay down our way. And we say yes. Oh, Jesus. So say yes, Lord. So say yes, Lord. We surrender. We give up our way. We surrender. We give up our way. We surrender. We give up our way. Jesus. Hey. Jesus. Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for fresh oil being released and for new wine being poured out. As we say yes, as we surrender, we thank you, oh God, for recalibrating us, for realigning us into your perfect will. In the name of Jesus, for there is a way, I said there is a way that seemeth right, but the end thereof is death. But we thank you for bringing us over into your way. We thank you for bringing us over into your purpose. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to change, whatever you want to cut, yes, Lord. Purify. Oh, Jesus. Purify. Oh, Jesus, circumcise. Oh, Jesus, circumcise. Oh, Jesus, clap your hands and say yes. Clap your hands and say yes. Oh, my mind say it. My heart say it. My will say it. I will to do it. I will to do it. I will to do it. Hey, I will to do it. I count you worthy of it. You're worthy of this yes. You're worthy of this sacrifice. You're worthy of this consecration. You're worthy. Somebody shout worthy. Somebody shout worthy. Crown us again. Oh God. Oh God, get up under the saints, hey. Get up under the saints 
and give us staying power. Power to stay in the way. Power to press in the way. Power to live in the way. Oh, Jesus, we need your help. Oh, God, we need your help. You are very present help. And we need it. We need it. Oh, I said we need it. Thank you for your hand. Your hand is here to help. Thank you for your hand. Your hand is here to deliver. Thank you for your hand. Your hand is here to heal. Thank you for your hand. Your hand is here to make whole. Thank you for your hand. Oh! Oh! It's a Mahosha. You cannot be a son. When you are son of somebody shout yes! Oh, yeah. Somebody clap their hands and shout yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Hey. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Tell them yes. <laughs> Come on, tell them yes. Come on out of your belly. Out of your belly. Hey. Out of your belly. Oh, my God, I feel God. make no false promises in this room but I know God's word to be true will you look at somebody tell them I don't know what kind of price you had to pay tell them I don't know what it cost you to get here but tell them on the next page by everything you went through God is going to make it up to you you can't outgive God you can't outgive God. You can't outdo God. I gave it up. That's when He blessed me. I turned it loose. That's when He. Hey! Hold on. All right. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Dad, somebody to start leaping on the next page. Somebody start dancing on the next page. Somebody shout on the next. Oh, oh, oh. Let me tell you, our altar praise has a history. When we started in our little storefront church, we started running to the front and it won't for Facebook because Facebook won't even popular then. We always said that anytime you needed God to move, you had to offer God a sacrifice. And anybody can praise him when it's convenient, but it takes a worshiper to praise him when it's costing you. We would run to the front and lay a praise on the altar. I need somebody in this room 
that this last season cost you. But you know something big is coming after this. I want you to take 30 seconds. Somebody run down to this altar and put a... I see. 
wonder how much fun it's gonna be together This Christmas the fireside is blazing bright We're caroling through the night And this Christmas will be a very special Christmas
And for a moment, I need you to take that praise out your hands. I need you to put it in your feet and let that devil know no matter what I go through, I still got the victory. Let that devil know No matter what I face No matter what I go through Victory is my portion If they got the victory
you got the picture and you don't care who's watching. You don't care who sees you. You did not see my suffering. You did not see how I went through. All you need to know is I made it out. Just hit 